Thank you for joining us at Byesville Assembly of God Church. We exist to be a place of connection to God and to others who believe in Jesus. We hope you feel a part of our church family today. We invite you to listen close as our interim pastor, Dan Deem, preaches the Word of God. And you know what? This morning for Easter, I just want to look at not a crazy week, but a, but a fabulous week, an amazing week in the life of Jesus Christ as we go through Passion Week. So what we're going to do this morning, we're going to take a trip through history. And we're going to be looking at what happened from Palm Sunday, which was last Sunday, to Easter Sunday, which is this week. And we're going to see what happened. And, and when Jesus, knowing that he is going to be dying for our sins, this last week, things he says are so very important. Because, you know, if you knew you were going to die in a week, don't you think what you would say today would be very meaningful? And Jesus was really saying some things important. So the scripture I want to I want to read today, um, I, I read this probably two months ago, and, and it's right out of God's word in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 3. Listen to this. This scripture sums up the entire Bible right here. Paul says, For I received what I passed on to you as of first importance. In other words, you know, Paul says some very important things in his ministry. This was the most important thing he will ever teach us. It's right here. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Don't you think that's pretty important? Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. And the scripture, the reason he said that, the scripture prophesied that Jesus was going to die for our sins. And he really did, okay? And it goes on, he says, that he was buried. Why did Paul have to say Jesus was buried? Well, that proves he was dead, okay? That he died. He really died for our sins. And then he reads on, I read on that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, that we have resurrection day. This is the most important thing we're going to know about the scripture. Jesus loves you, and he died for your sins. He was buried. He really did die, and that he was raised as he said he would. And it's an example that someday when you and I pass from this life to the next, that we're going to be raised up to be with the Lord. That's what Easter is all about. So that's where we're going. So on Sunday, a week ago, on Palm Sunday, I, I already preached on that before we left for vacation. I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but it's a day that Jesus Christ rode into Jerusalem, and for the very first time, really, he was receiving, accepting, desiring praise from everybody, and the crowd was going wild, and I, I, I mentioned the, the Bible says the whole earth was shaking at that time. The word seismic came into existence at that time. It was just shaking because of, of the crowd praising, but he came into town at, on a donkey as the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, and then someone asked that important question, who is this? We're going to find out who this was. It was Jesus. That was Sunday. On Monday, Jesus walked into the temple. He was getting ready to pray. He was getting ready to worship the Lord, uh, worship his Father. But something else was going on. There was buying and selling. They were getting ready for the Passover. And right in the middle of the temple, right in God's house, people were trying to make a profit. They were selling pigeons. They were selling lambs. They were getting ready for the Passover. But they were making a profit. And Jesus had a righteous anger inside of him. Have you ever had a righteous anger? 
You know, I'm not talking about just blowing your stack, but when something isn't right and it burns inside of you and you want to make it right, and he had a righteous anger inside of him, and, and he just didn't destroy the place, but he went and he made a whip. How long would it take to make a whip? It would take quite a while. And so he went, he made a whip, he was under control, and he came back to the temple, and he began to swing that whip, and he turned over the tables, and he said, no, we're not going to sell here, we're not going to trade here, we're not making a profit here, this temple is not for yours, your, your own good. But he said this, that my house shall be a house of prayer. Folks, this house, Byesville Assembly, needs to be a house of prayer. I heard you had a, a, a business meeting last Sunday, and one of the things that came out of that meeting is that, hey, church, we need to pray more. And this would please the Lord because this needs to be a house of prayer, a house of expectation, a house seeing God doing something. And then Jesus, as he cleared the temple, it became a house of purity. And we need to live a pure life. And that's what he taught us on Monday. And then it was a house of power because people were brought to Jesus on that very Monday and he healed. The Bible says he healed everyone that showed up. Folks, don't you, don't you want to see signs and wonders in this place? Don't you want to see the power of God release miracles taking place? Why should that church back in the days of the Bible be any different than this church? We serve the same Lord, the same Christ, the same God, and we need to make this a house of power. But then the children on, on that Monday begin to sing praises. And Jesus said that my house shall be called a house of praise. And boy, do I love to hear you sing in this place. I, hey, you have an incredible worship team here. And I know it rotates, but everyone who's up here, they do a great job. And those who put the, the, the pictures on the screen, wow. And this pleases the Lord. And that's what Jesus taught on that Monday before, before he was crucified. And then he had... A group of people around him on Monday. And he said, guys, do you remember? In the Jewish law, there are 631 laws. Wouldn't you hate to have 631 laws? And the Bible said that if you failed in one of those laws, you failed in all of them. Because only one can be perfect. And that means that everyone needs forgiveness. But Jesus on that Monday, he said there are 631 laws, but here's the greatest law. Anybody remember what the greatest law was? Jesus said on that Monday, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Jesus knew what was coming on Friday. He knew about the crucifixion. He knew on Sunday about the resurrection. He knew he was going to be ascending. And he said to the, the disciples right then, the only way that you're going to make it through this is if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. And, and, and the, the apostle Paul, or uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Luke added strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then when they were feeling pretty good about that, man, I love God. I love God. I love God. I love God. He said, but the second greatest commandment is this. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love. Jesus was getting ready to prepare the church, and he said, you must love God, but you better love each other. And you say, well, you know what? I'm humble, and I don't love myself. Let me tell you, we all love ourselves, do we not? How many of you ate something this morning? I did. You know why? Because I love to. I look at it this way. God gave me taste buds. He expects me to use them. Okay? So I, 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 I'm good with that. 
We love ourselves. We bathe ourselves. We feed ourselves. We take care of ourselves. Some of us even exercise. And, and, and with all of that, as we love ourselves, we are to love each other. And that's what Jesus is saying on that Monday. And then he went on, and, and, and he's kind of reminding us of Elijah, where Elijah on, on the Mount Carmel, he said, you need to choose for yourselves whom you're going to serve. How long are you going to waver? But if God is God, love him. If God is God, follow him. And this is exactly what, what they're trying to, what Jesus is trying to say. If you really believe that God is God, then love him with all your heart. Folks, how about that? Do you think we should love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength? Then that's what Jesus is telling us to do and to love our neighbors. He went on on that Monday, and he began to talk about his return before he ever died. This is just a couple of days before he died, and he said, he said, here's what's going to happen, guys, in the future. There's going to be two of you working out in the field, and one is going to be taken, and one's going to be left behind. He said there's going to be a husband and wife laying in bed, and one's going to be taken, and one's going to be left behind. He's saying that I'm, I'm, I came once, but he said I'm going to die, I'm going to be resurrected, but I'm coming again. And when I come again, I'm taking those who love me with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm taking them with me, and some of them are going to be going with me, but other people are going to be left behind. And he's saying before the crucifixion on that Monday, he's telling everybody, you better better watch. You better be alert. I've come as a thief in the night. Have you ever, have you ever been robbed? I've been robbed before. Marsha and I, we were on vacation in Terre Haute, Indiana, and we got a night in a, uh, in a motel in the morning. Everything in our car was just torn out and thrown all over the parking lot. Somebody stole, they stole every one of my Christian's uh, cassettes. I just kind of laughed. I said, well, I guess they need it more than I do. I hope they listen to it. Lord, let them listen to it. But you know what? No one warned me and said, hey, knock on the door and say, hey, tonight we're going, we're going to rob you. Here's what Jesus is saying. I'm coming back. This is not the only time I'm going to walk on this earth. And you better be ready. So love me. Love one another and make sure you're ready because when I come, I'm not going to warn anybody, but I'm just going to come and take you home. Folks, this happened on Monday. On Tuesday, what an interesting day Tuesday was. Jesus, I don't know what happened in the morning, but the Bible says in the afternoon or for lunchtime, he went to Simon the Pharisee's house. And you remember the story in John chapter 12 of Mary and Martha. These sisters were there. And, and they were serving Jesus, and, and they had a house full of people. Lazarus was there, and Lazarus was just raised from the dead recently. So Mary and Martha, now, he, now you remember the story. Martha is up serving coffee. She's making muffins. She's getting lunch ready. She's cutting up the salad. She's getting ready. And she looks over at her sister. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha's saying, what in the world's going on with this picture? Okay, what's wrong with this? And, and so she was getting frustrated. And she was serving the Lord, but she wasn't sitting with the Lord in his presence. And then Martha even had the gall to go to Jesus and said, Jesus, would you tell Mary to help me? I'm doing this all by myself. And just imagine tattling on your sister to Jesus. Have you ever told Jesus about your brother or sister they just weren't doing right? And, and, and Jesus, because he has such great personality, I can just see Jesus looking at, at Mar Martha and just kind of smiling and saying, Martha, Martha, Martha. 
the reason I say that, because I say, Marsha, 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 okay? So Martha, Martha, Martha. And it said, what you're doing is important. We all have to eat. But what your sister is doing is more important. Why don't you just chill a little bit and just sit down and let's enjoy each other. And after a while, we'll get up and we'll help you and do all that. But don't be so busy doing things. How about you just sit in my presence? The Lord is teaching us on that Tuesday how important it is to slow down a little bit and to, and to sit in his presence. Just to spend some time with him. To sit at your front window with a cup of coffee in the morning when it's quiet and just to enjoy the presence of the Lord. This is what Jesus is saying. And then Mary, she went way beyond it. She took up a, 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 a vase that had oil in it, perfume in it. That was really saving for her. Well, what, what is it when, when a woman, she saves up money so she can get married, and this is her dowry. And this was her dowry. This was valuable. And it was preparing also for her own, own burial, it, you know, how they put perfume on bodies at that day. And it was worth a year's wages. Just think for a moment. How much money do you make in a year? Don't answer me out loud, okay? But, but, but she took that. It, was, it was, had that value. She opened it up, and she poured it on Jesus' feet. And she began to worship him, began to praise him. And, and you know what? Her worship, her praise, that scent filled the entire room. Everyone in that room knew that somebody was worshiping the Lord with all of her heart, mind, soul, and strength because the, the, the beauty of the scent of worship. And folks, when you genuinely worship the Lord, people can sense that around you. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, they're just going to sense, man, there is something different about you. There is something special about you. Yes, yes, I've been spending time with the Lord. See, at this point, the, the, the Romans, or, or, or I should say the, the Jewish religious leaders at that time, they got really upset with Mary because she poured out such a valuable perfume. Judas was irate. Judas, the Bible says about Judas, he said, Lord, why are you allowing her to do that? This money could be, could be used. She could sell it, and it could be used to feed the poor. But what the Bible said, Judas had a problem with money. And Judas was the treasurer for all the disciples. All the disciples didn't carry money with them all the time. Judas carried it for all of them. He had the money. And what he had in mind, the Bible says, he was going to sell Mary's perfume. He was going to take some of that money for himself. And his weakness was money. And, and the Jewish religious leaders knew that. And they used money. Satan used his weakness against him. You know the story. At this point, the mood of the week began to change. If there was a movie and the movie score and the music, you would start to hear some, some, uh, you know, some minor keys going on, you know, some, and, and, and just the heaviness and the weight. Because at this point, at this, at this dinner, the Jews looked at each other and they said, we got to kill this guy. We're going to kill this guy. And they also said, we're going to kill Lazarus. See, Lazarus already died. Jesus raised him from the dead. And it was just a real fiasco because it showed the power of God. And they said, we're going to kill Jesus and we're going to kill Judas. We need to find ourselves a traitor. Dun, 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 dun. Tuesday. Wednesday. On Wednesday, there was a great silence 
in the scripture. There's really nothing recorded that happened on that Wednesday. So I'm asking in my mind, was Jesus resting in preparation for, the, for two days from now on Friday when he was going to be crucified? Was Jesus alone at the lake like he liked to go or on the mountain and just spending time with the Father, getting ready for Friday? Was he spending time with his disciples and, and other people that he loved just because he knew that he wasn't going to be with them any longer? What was going on on Wednesday? Some think that maybe Judas agreed to betray the Lord on Wednesday. Some think maybe it was Tuesday after, after that, uh, that lunchtime. But we do know this. That, that Jesus was preparing his heart because he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. He said, if I be lifted up, if I hang on that cross, if I do this, then all people will be able to come to me. So he is preparing his mind. And Wednesday was a very, a very interesting day as he was getting ready in a private way. And then Thursday comes along. Thursday, we remember, happened in the upper room. And Jesus was making provision for this uh, with his disciples. Uh, the Last Supper, the Passover Supper, I mentioned a number of weeks ago, the Passover was a celebration the Jews celebrated from back in the days of Moses when they were getting ready to leave Egypt. And on that last night, God said, I want you to take a perfect lamb, sacrifice it, take the blood, put it over the door frames of your house, make sure all your family's inside the house. And when you're all inside the house that night, the death angel's coming by and everyone with the blood of the sacrifice protecting them, the death angel will pass over you. That's where we get Passover. For thousands of years, they were celebrating the Passover. And Jesus knew that this was going to be the last time the Passover celebration would ever have to be celebrated because he became the ultimate sacrifice for all of mankind. He knew that was going to happen tomorrow. We're talking about Thursday right now. And he's in the upper room with his disciples. He picked up the bread, and he told them, he said, this is as my body, and I want you to know that I'm going to be sacrificing my body tomorrow. He picked up the cup, and he said, this is the, the new covenant of my blood. This is my promise, that whatever sin that you ever commit, I have the power to forgive the sin. Let me ask you a question today. Have you ever sinned? Okay, for those of you who said no, you just sinned, Okay. And I want you to know, every sin you've ever committed, every sin I've ever committed, Jesus Christ has the power to forgive every one of them. Aren't you just thankful for that? That's what Easter's all about, man. It's forgiveness of sin. It's new life. And Jesus is telling them that on this Thursday, the night before the crucifixion. And then he dropped the bomb. Dropped the bomb. One of you is going to betray me. Think about how that went over. Think about you being with 12 people from this church that you love dearly and you've ministered with together and you prayed together. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. You wouldn't have any idea. You would say, oh, are you kidding me? So one by one, they begin to say, Lord, is it me? Is it me? And, and, and Peter was on one side of the table, and John was sitting closer to Jesus. And the Bible says this, that Peter got John's attention and kind of whispered, said, John, ask him who? Ask him who? John said, I'm not asking him. 
And one by one, Peter said, Lord, is it, is it, is it I? Nathaniel, Lord, is it I? James, Lord, is it I? And everyone's asking, Lord, is it I? And pretty soon, Judas was feeling the pressure, and he said, man, if everybody else is asking, I better ask too, or I'm going to look guilty. So Judas said, Lord, surely, surely not I, Rabbi. And Jesus said, yes, it is you. I can't imagine being around that table, what that would feel like. And then Jesus said, Judas, I want you to get up. And I want you to go do what you're supposed to do. Just go do it. Go betray me. Just imagine, he had a, Judas had a belly full of food. His feet were clean because Jesus washed his feet. And he's going to get up and run out and betray the Son of God. Kind of makes you consider your own devotion, doesn't it? Kind of makes you consider your own heart. Because here's a man who walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, saw the miracles, was involved in miracles, and he walked away because of a love of something. In his case, it was money. We have to be very careful and look inside. Not looking at others, looking at inside at us. Judas left the room with the greatest essence of love he will ever experience, and he betrayed the Son of God. When he did that, Peter stood up and said, Lord, if everyone betrays you, I won't. If John betrays you, I won't. Judas betrayed you, I won't. Nathaniel, I won't. Let's just get in this room. If Steve does, I won't. If Pete does, I won't. And I hope, I hope you feel that way. I hope you have that passion that no matter what goes on, I'm going to stand strong for God. And I, I admire Peter because he just was passionate for the Lord. He loved the Lord, and he saw his own friend walk away, and he said, I'm not going to walk away, Lord. I'm with you. And Jesus looked at Peter at that moment and said, Peter, I'm telling you the truth. Tonight, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And I'm sure Peter just walked with his head down and walked away. So Jesus said, come on, guys. This is Thursday night after dinner. Come on, guys. Come with me. We're going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And we're going to spend some time in prayer. So the 11 got up and walked with Jesus. On the way, in John chapter 13, Jesus said to them, guys, I've already given you Monday the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But right now, I'm giving you a new command. Remember, tomorrow, the crucifixion. I'm giving you a new command, and here it is. Love one another. John 13, 34. Love one another. Guys, you have no idea yet what's going to be happening, but the only way you're going to reach this world, the only way you're going to fulfill the commandment of God, you guys got to love each other. That's John 13. In John 14, they're still walking to the Garden of Gethsemane. And John, or Jesus shares with them in John 14 that you need the Holy Spirit. He said, he said to them, I am not going to leave you as orphans. 
I am leaving, and it's better for you if I leave. He's saying this. If I remain on this earth, I'm only at one place at one time. But when I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's going to be across this planet. And the Holy Spirit not only is going to be with you, but the Holy Spirit is going to be in you. Folks, you understand? We live in a time of, of uh, we just live in this time that is so much better than when David walked the earth and Elijah walked the earth because in those days, the Holy Spirit would show up now and then and do amazing things. But for you and I, we have that same Holy Spirit living inside of us. Come on, man. And we need to walk like it and act like it and just expect the supernatural on a daily basis. And this is what Jesus was teaching on John chapter 14. As they continued to walk toward the garden, he picked some grapes off the vine. And he said, guys, I want you to know something. I want you to remind you of something. He says, I am the vine. You are the branch. The only way that you have any power, any authority at all, is when you're attached to me. And he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. This is what Jesus was teaching on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. In John chapter 16 now, he talked once again about the Holy Spirit. And then John 17, we remember, this is when Jesus was actually praying. As he was praying, he took his eight, eight, eight of those disciples, and he left them in one place. He took Peter, James, and John to another place, and then Jesus went to a third place, and he began to pray. And he told his Peter, James, and John, I want you guys to pray. And Jesus prayed for an hour, came back, they were sleeping. He woke them up. He went back, prayed for an hour, came back, they were sleeping. He went back, prayed for an hour, came back, and they were sleeping. Have you ever fallen asleep in prayer? I have. And Jesus told them in Matthew 26, 41, he said, guys, this is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation, for the Spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. We need to remember that. Jesus said, guys, tomorrow I'm dying for your sins. I'm going to be ascending into heaven. You've got to make it on this earth, and you're going to make it as you love one another, make it as you have the Holy Spirit in you, but you better watch and pray because the devil's trying to take you out, and you're going to fall into temptation. And none of you, none of us in this room, I don't think we wake up in the morning and say, oh, man, it's morning. I'm going to go sin today. I don't think so. Our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. And Jesus said, you guys better watch and you better pray. That was verse 41 of Matthew 26. In verse 46, Jesus heard something in, 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 in the brush, and he looked up, and he saw Judas and the Roman soldiers, and he told his disciples, arise. He says, my betrayer has come. And he did it with an exclamation mark. He did not say, arise and let's run. He said, arise, my time has come. Arise because I'm getting ready to give my life for this world, for the sins of this world. And he was excited about this. He approached the cross with joy. Now remember, after three hours of prayer, he approached the cross with joy. Judas arrived. He betrayed Jesus with a kiss on the cheek. And Jesus called him friend. And he said, do what you came to do. I'm telling you what, when Jesus called Judas friend, here's what Jesus was doing. I believe this with all my heart. Jesus said, Judas, you messed up and you made a bad choice. 
But right now, if you ask me to forgive you, I will. If you ask me to, to, if you tell me you're sorry and you wish you would never have done this, I would have accepted your love. He was giving Judas another opportunity. Jesus does not give up on us. Aren't you thankful for that? You know the story. He was nailed to the cross. Crown of thorns as a mockery. The, the robe before that as a mockery. Nailed to the cross. And then he said, Father, forgive them. The ones who just nailed him to the cross. The ones mocking him. The ones who gave him vinegar to drink. The, they, they, they were mocking him. And Jesus said, Father, would you forgive them? For they don't know what they're doing. That was the last spiritual miracle that Jesus did before the cross. And then he said, it is finished. Bowed his head, and that was it. Saturday, just a day of securing the tomb. They wanted to make sure Jesus didn't get out, so they put soldiers, they sealed the tomb, and we all know how that worked. On Sunday, on Sunday, the angel showed up at the tomb, another earthquake, the stone was rolled away from the tomb, and Jesus' first message after the resurrection was, peace be with you. I'm going to ask if you would like to come forward today to show your love and appreciation for all that Jesus has done. Maybe you haven't been at these altars for a year because of COVID. Well, it's okay today. And you just want to come and stand here. If you don't, no guilt, okay? But if you just want to come and just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying for me. I, I, I just love you. I just want to be like a Mary today and just pour my heart out to you. If you'd like to just come and stand here today, I'd like to give you that opportunity right now. Would you come? Thank you for listening to Byesville Assembly of God. At our church, we exist to be a place of connection to God and to others who believe in Jesus. We're glad you joined us today. We hope you join us next time as we hear a powerful word from the Bible. God bless you and your family from all of us at Byesville Assembly of God.